Welcome back, creeps. How are you this week? I am good. Yay. Alrighty. We've had a heckin', heckin' hell of a week. Poor El Max got out on Friday. Well, we let him out on Friday night, but got into a bit of an L street fight with another cat. Saturday night. Was it Saturday? Mm hmm. So he got bit and we had to take him to the vet. He has a big, gnarly looking hole in his side. Yeah. Um, he has like the biggest scab. Yeah, it's pretty gross looking. Because we didn't know he got bit the first night. We thought like he just hurt himself. So it took like a couple of days before we could actually see because he wouldn't let us near him. Yeah, he was walking fine and eating and just usual. He just didn't let us pick him up. And then he sat on top of a dining room chair at eye level. And we just saw this huge gaping hole on his side. And we're like, we have to take him to the vet now. Yeah. So it turns out. It was an abscess. It was fucking gross. An abscess? Yeah. That's what it was? Yeah. Like, the original bite would have only been tiny, but the vet said, like, apparently, like, just cats in general, like, even if him and Porkchop had had a fight, Mm -hmm. it would get infected, like, odds Mm. are. Because your dad was telling me, it's because he doesn't know how to handle himself and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But no, like, just cats have fucking gross mouths. Like, they clean their buttholes with their mouth. Yeah. I guess so. Um, and then they clean the wounds with their mouths. Yeah, you know what I mean? Anyway, he's all good now. He's all shot up and ready to fucking rock. So that's our week, really. It makes me wonder if I should tell my friend that she should go uh, see someone about her cat fight. Because she said she hit it and it hurts. Like, it should be. I mean, she should just be now. using antibiotic cream, right? I don't think she is. Well, she should be. Val. um yeah um i think it might be infected underneath like it's scab i think it might be scabbing over an infection so hopefully you're not eating right now because (laughs) um but yeah that's been our week it's been a lot of running around we actually went out on friday and saturday night it's been fucking hectic um it was nice yeah it was nice we enjoyed it yeah i could go a few months without doing that again well, we're doing it again this weekend, so <laughs> busy times. I need some months to recharge. Our patron of the week this week is our good friend, Justin. Oh, Justin! Yeah, an official Patreon this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Justin knows how much we love him. He does. He's a huge supporter and we... Massive. Yeah, and we appreciate him so much. Uh, mm-hmm. Check out the Lonely Moose on Etsy. That's his Etsy store. Yeah. That's our friend. You don't even know how cool he is. <laughs> That's who made us our bitchin' Adam and Dulce keychain. It's so bitchin'. Yeah. Looking at it right now. Yeah. Anyway. Super fetch. <laughs> Stop trying to make fetch happen. Oh, is that what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Trying to make fetch happen. Ah, I see. Like Gretchen Wiener from Mean Girls. Anyways. Okay. Right. So this week, this is going to be a doozy, okay? I started this a long time ago, and I was like, oh, my God, what? This isn't going to be worth shit, blah, blah, blah. And then I came up with a different kind of plan. awesome attitude. And then what yeah. happened? <laughs> <laughs> but then I came up with this other plan, and now I'm like... It's bitching. There's so much. And every time I look into something else, I'm like, oh, but wait a minute. I have to include this to yeah. make this relevant, and blah, blah, blah. So... I'm going to try my very, very best to condense this into a two-part uh, series. Okay. Next week's episode might be particularly long. Hopefully, I get around to... Uh, Doing the rest of it? Yeah, like fleshing it out the way I want to. Flesh. Yeah. Fleshing that, it out. Uh, you'll see where that comes in. There's a, a crayon called Flesh. Gross. Anyway, <laughs> without further ado, lycanthropy, according to Britannica.com. Lycanthropy, from the Greek lycos, meaning wolf, and anthropos, man, is a mental disorder in which the patient believes that he is a wolf or some other non-human animal. Lycanthropy. 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 That's what we're doing today. That's what we're doing. Okay. This has been my, like brain for the last fucking two or three weeks i'm not even joking this one is getting to me because it was it was such an outlandish 
subject that I was like, I need to actually learn how to like process this. <laughs> it's a broad subject. Very broad. Uh, if you could shapeshift to another animal. Uh, like a fucking raven. A bird? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Get up in that bitch, fly all over the place. Nice. And ravens are assholes as well. I love them. Yeah. I want one so bad. <laughs> There's a video on YouTube, actually. If I remember, I'll include it in the link. It's just this dude who has a raven. And he's like, don't fucking get a raven. It's not worth it. They're fucking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's this just saying this. Video, yeah, he's saying this with the, the raven. The raven's just there chilling. <laughs> what about you? Oh, come on. You already know. Oh, a cat. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess. Then again, I really like wolves. Because anyway, I would be so cute. You would. You as would. a cat. I'd be one of those fluffy little black cats. <laughs> so... The person suffering from this ailment, this is a genuine um, medical or well, mental disorder is the term used. I don't particularly like, like that term. Lycanthropy? Lycanthropy, yeah. Okay. So the person suffering from this ailment is typically said to take the form of whatever animal is the most feared in the area where they live. Oh. Right. So, for example, the wolf or bear in Europe and in northern Asia, the hyena or leopard in most of Africa, the tiger in India, Japan, China, and other parts of Asia. And I've also heard people referencing the were hippopotamus. And another pretty interesting one that we're going to talk about much later on. Probably is going to be the last thing that we talk about. Is it the were shark? It is not a were shark. Can you imagine someone like like thinking they're turning into a shark and they're just like rah, 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 and they're going they're like flailing around on the floor i'm not joking i think i have made that exact joke further down in here oh my god <laughs> yeah, really yeah i think so um, someone's like stay away from me i'm a shark yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just like doing that dead fish thing yeah. <laughs> so stories of people turning into animals and dangerous beasts have existed literally since time right prehistoric records prehistoric records as in like cave paintings right oh wow in parts of ancient greece the werewolf myth became linked with the olympian region in arcadia a region plagued by wolves at the time there was a cult of the wolf zeus nice yeah mount lycaeus was the scene of a yearly gathering at which the priests were said to prepare a sacrificial feast that included meat mixed with human parts. And according to legend, whoever tasted it became a wolf and could not turn back into a man unless he abstained from human flesh for nine years. What? Yeah, I'm telling you, this is just the start of it. I love it. So it played in for me because I was like, I had played that Assassin's Creed, which is like based in... uh, mythology in ancient greece and stuff like that as well so a lot of this was just like oh shit yeah yeah and now like stuff from the game was making sense even yeah um because those guys do their fucking research sick so dr jan dirk blom Mm -hmm. i think it could be dr jan anyway the assistant an assistant professor of psychiatry at the university of groningen in the netherlands found that since 1850, there have been 56 original case descriptions of people who believe they were metamorphosizing into an animal. Among them, 13 reports met the criteria for clinical lycanthropy, the medical term for having delusions of being able to turn into a wolf. Clinical is used here to emphasize that the condition doesn't mean actual lycanthropy or the ability to physically transform into a wolf, says Blom. Mm. And he is convinced that there would have actually been a lot more, like significantly more reports of clinical lycanthropy if the doctors were aware that this was a real mental illness. But it basically gets looked over and assumed to be like some odd side effect of schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, Um. severe depression or whatever else the diagnosing doctor might be more familiar with. And what's the broader scale of uh, diagnosis? Uh Uh-huh. Some more random facts for you. Mm-hmm. In reviewing all 56 cases of delusional metamorphosis into animal, Blom found that 25% of the patients were diagnosed with schizophrenia, 23% with psychotic depression, and about 20% with bipolar disorder. 
among the patients, 34 were men, 22 were women, and their symptoms lasted anywhere from a single hour to decades. So... What do you mean symptoms of, of this delusion or yeah. symptoms of like them being a werewolf in yeah, their heads? like this, which is the same thing. Like this is the delusion, you know? So... Well, not entirely because like are they theoretically in wolf form for an hour or they believe that they can turn into a werewolf for just an hour though you know like i believe i'm in a I, I can turn into a werewolf and then like an hour passes i'm like no I, I don't think i can that's a good question but i think either or is a symptom right oh. okay. so maybe the belief lasts an hour maybe the belief lasts decades but the episode lasted 10 minutes oh the epi okay 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 either way this means like it's if these symptoms last barely an hour of somebody's entire life, it's totally understandable that a doctor may not be able to diagnose it or just overlook it completely. Like, remember that time Mary thought she was a goldfish for like 20 minutes? <laughs> we were trying to get her back in the bathtub and she just kept flopping around on the floor, you know? That's so hilarious. There, same joke. Ah, there it is. Okay, okay. <laughs> she thought it was but, a goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, in the 20th century... Film quickly took over and became the most influential medium shaping the popular image of the werewolf. Numerous details now intrinsic to the modern concept of the werewolf were, in fact, first introduced by werewolf horror films produced from the 1930s onwards. For example, the idea that a person is only infected with lycanthropy through the bite of another werewolf originates from the first sound film of the genre. The Werewolf of London in 1935. Mm. Other ideas in the same field of horror film and literature as well have been repeated and have thus become ingrained in the popular concept of the werewolf. These include the transformation from man to wolf during a full moon uh, and a silver bullet as the only possible method of killing a werewolf. Now that's a quote from somewhere I don't know. All my references will be at the very end of this because there's a ton. But I guess what had been happening with werewolf lore over the last few thousand years was really just hastened by films and kind of like locked in, concreted, the talking pictures, you know. And I'm pretty sure the same can be said for any movie monster like Godzilla or fucking Snakes on the Plane. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Frankenstein, you know what I mean? Snakes on the Plane. Well, not Frank Frankenstein, because these are things of myth and legend. Anyway, they get adapted for the times or whatever culture they're specifically being produced for. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because not only are movies and media responsible for bringing new monsters to us, but in places that didn't have wolf problems, such as England, who had hunted all of their wolf problems out of existence by like the, I think, late 1460s or something, they didn't have werewolf problems. Because they didn't have the wolf to bring the fear, you know? Yeah, yeah. Unlike France. They got wolves. France in the Middle Ages was chock full of werewolves. Major Lougarou problem, right? Yeah, Lougarou is not your like local fucking plumber. That's that's French for werewolf, apparently. Oh. <laughs> so, loop Garou. I don't know if the P is silent. There's going to be a lot of me butchering French names. Lougarou? Lougarou. Yeah. Oh, no, it's the Lugaru. Is that what I sound like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but during these times, to amplify this problem, outlaws and bandits used the fear of the layman to their advantage. Mm. They would dress themselves in wolf skins. Really? Over their armor. Yeah. And just like this has been happening for centuries anyway. Mm. But they would specifically do it to like stop people on their travels. And just steal all their shit or just butcher them. I'm going to do that uh, this Halloween. I'm going to dress up from head to toe as a shark. But I'm not going to beat anyone up or steal their stuff. Yeah, and I don't think they will believe that you're a real shark. Just because you're not in water. That's the only reason. I think if I laid down on my side and start wiggling, they'd think I'm a shark. They might. <laughs> they just might. Fear me. <laughs> <laughs> Just like other countries had their witch trials, France had its own version, the werewolf trials. And in every single article 
that I've seen, uh-huh. which is a lot now, and it's a lot of like you know copy and paste articles too. It's like, think Salem had a bad? Check out France. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, I can't remember what dates Salem happened in, but I know it was like fairly recently. No, Salem didn't. Oh, well, Salem had the problem. Obviously, we're not going to downplay Salem. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like four, it was fourteen women that got hung. Thirteen or fourteen. Yeah. And a man. Um, well, he got pressed. Uh, he got pressed, yes. But the the trials in, in Scotland. Yeah, well, that, that's what I'm about to... Is it more than Scotland? Oh, just wait and see, right? Uh, okay, well, you wait because I have to pee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, while other places have also accused people of being werewolves, don't get me wrong, generally it was during like good old-fashioned witch hunts, Okay. I'm all hands in this episode. <laughs> this is pure fact, right? Hands going everywhere. One of the major witch ones, and I think one of the first ones, or maybe it was just one of the first ones to mention werewolf. Anyway, it happened in Valais in Switzerland in 1428. Now, this is a fucking long time ago. <laughs> and this lasted into like well into the late 1430s. I had seen other sources that said it lasted decades, but I think... That might have been getting confused with just the general European witch trials. Mm. Because this thing, it started like a fire. Like, one place would have it down here. And then the witch trials would kind of die down in that area. And then all of a sudden, another town or city miles away would pick up their own. And this went on for years and years. Apparently, just two years into the Valet witch trials, 700 people had been accused. And at least 200 people had been sentenced to death. As witches burned at the stake, of course. Yeah. A very small percentage of these were ser- were sentenced as werewolves. Like, I'm talking maybe three or four, okay? Percent or people? People. Oh. But that was just in the first couple of years, uh-huh. and it did last a long time. It's also worth mentioning that two-thirds of all the victims of this witch hunt were actually men. Oh. So... There could be some confusion there as well as to which is which is the witch and which is the werewolf, mm-hmm. which is tit. And fun fact, a female werewolf is called a lupin. Really? Yeah, such as Professor Lupin Yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah. Anyway, back to France. The French had the French had such a bad werewolf problem that this period of time is actually historically known as the French werewolf epidemic. 1520 to 1630. Werewolf epidemic. Yeah, so much like coronavirus is going around now. Yeah. You could have caught werewolfery back then. Werewolfism, I don't know. So during that 110 years, it is said that 30,000 people were accused of being werewolves. 30,000? 30,000, right? Now, I did do some math here. They would be tortured, of course, until they confessed. And then if they didn't confess, they'd still be burnt at the stake. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they weren't confessing. So, like, that old flawless system has worked for centuries <laughs> across tons of various witch trials. And probably still to this day, oh, to yeah. a certain extent. Now, 30,000 people to me sounded like a pretty high number. Mm-hmm. But if we take the numbers from the first two years of the Valet Switzerland trials, witch trials, it pretty much works out as the exact same. Like, even if we take the conservative 100 people killed a year, that's roughly one every three or four days for 110 years. That's 11,000 people. It's a lot. Yeah. So that number of Mm 30,000 now all of a sudden isn't that far-fetched because in in a lot of these stories that we're going to talk about, or at least a handful of them, it's oftentimes someone will get dragged in and they'll be getting tortured and like getting these false confessions dragged out of them and then they'd be like oh my brother was doing it too like mm. you know just stop whatever you're doing so it's not uncommon to have had three or four people accused and sentenced at the same time you know mm-hmm. so the first one i'm going to discuss briefly this one is mostly legend it also seems to be one of the first major cases that kind of got the ball rolling so where other stories that i'm going to tell you had really interesting sources such as pamphlets from like the 1500s mm-hmm. in Germany because that's how people used to publish literature back in the day. Pamphlets? Pamphlets, yeah. Because um, they were cheaper and like 
there weren't proper like big ass books it was that was how people got news back in the day yeah that's how people found out like that satanists were i don't know eating babies or something whatever Mm -hmm. and other sources such as uh straight up historical records taken from judicial fucking records from ancient well ancient like medieval france Mm -hmm. religious figures who had also been keeping like that's all they fucking do is just write down shit that happened Mm -hmm. (laughs) and modern day college theses theosi theses theses yeah from like one in particular off the top of my head is from the university of cardiff in wales and that's a pretty big source for me and then just regular books like i said this has been my fucking brain for the last few weeks so this story however is still fucking badass and it'll definitely set the tone i feel okay in 1521 a man traveling through the town of poligny france okay straight up apologies for all of the fucking for the one person french person that listens for the one french person that listens yeah absolutely but the pronunciations are just going to be diabolical (laughs) anyway this man was traveling through the town of poligny france in 1521 and he was attacked by a wolf oh no gasp (gasps) this guy managed to fight the wolf off however nice yeah and the wolf slinked off with its tail between its legs, injured and bleeding. The traveler was able to track the wolf by its trail of blood, and it just so happened to lead him right up to the front door of a home. Inside of this home was a woman tending to her husband, who had an awful wound on his arm. Oh. Now, I don't know whether this traveler was just being a lucky loo and yeah. staring through windows or mm-hmm. whether he just walked up and kicked the fucking door open and was like Lugaru. But <laughs> <laughs> either way he saw what he saw and he found it all just a little too strange so he ran straight to the local authorities and told them what he had seen snitch because he was a fucking snitch that's my next bullet <laughs> actually is <laughs> the injured man was Michael or Michel Verdun And the authorities wasted no time in arresting him. They tortured him until he revealed that he was indeed a shapeshifter. He also admitted that he had committed other heinous crimes such as diabolism, murder and eating human flesh. He also gave up the names of his two mates, Pierre Bourgault and Philibert Montal. Snitch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When these two men were brought in for questioning, Pierre quickly becomes the main man of this story also admitted to being a shapeshifter he also admitted to many other severe crimes such as eating a nine-year-old girl after breaking her neck whoa i did not see that coming no right so at the trial pierre went on to say that a few years prior he had been out gathering his sheep during a new year's fair when a storm blew up around him that frightened all of his sheep and sent them running Suddenly, he found himself being watched by three mysterious black-clad men on horseback. One of them, seemingly the leader, said he would protect the sheep and give Bordeaux money if, in return... Actually, sorry, I'm going to call him Pierre from here on out because I don't even know if Bordeaux... It's like Burgot. One of them, seemingly the leader, said that he would protect the sheep and give Pierre money if, in return, Pierre would accept him as his lord and master renounce the Holy Virgin, heaven and baptism, and promise never to enter a church until the Mass and the sprinkling of holy water was over. Obviously, Pierre agreed because, uh, you know, he needed money and sheep. Times are hard. Yeah. Also then, he met this man who he called Lord Moisette again. And the second time they met, Pierre kissed a man's hand and said it felt cold like a dead man's hand. And then he, quote, fell on his knees and gave in his allegiance to Satan. Interesting. People yeah. were very dramatic back then. Super dramatic. And like, this sounds like the start of a Sabbath song or something. I'm just waiting for that. And fairies to come out with combat boots. Yeah, yeah. Big Doc Martens on. For a year, Pierre was like, yeah, cool, Satan. Woo. Wearing like cool band <laughs> t-shirts and boots and shit. And eating Satan. Yeah, eating Satan. Because Satanists are vegan. (laughs) But then he said, quote, 
This freedom from care, however, made me begin to tire of the devil's service, and I recommenced my attendance at church. What? I don't fucking know. Like, Who's ever tired of being carefree? And has gone, hmm, let's go to church. This money is far too heavy in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I must give it to a big made-up religion. Anyway. <laughs> but I'm thinking, like, the only thing I could possibly say was, like, maybe he just missed, like, the social aspect of church. Because, like, everybody back then went. You know what I mean? It's not like today when... Or maybe he just lost his taste for eating nine-year-old girls. Maybe, maybe. Well, that hasn't happened yet, you see. Oh, okay. So he started going back to church, and it was around this time that he met Michel. Michel seemed to know of Pierre's diabolical deal, and he brought him to a meeting in the forest of Chastel-Charnon, where everyone danced by candlelight. Pierre said that everyone had a green taper with a blue flame in their hands, which apparently meant that there was a supernatural presence afoot. Again, I always like the sounds of these Satanist people in these stories. Yeah. Dancing around in the in the woods. Yeah. It sounds much more fun than going to church. Yeah. Back that's what that's how the that's what the nightclubs were back then. They yeah, were like just, just the woods. <laughs> just the woods and, and people dancing around with candles yeah. in their hands. <laughs> Look at this light show, just covering yeah. it with their hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So anyway, when Pierre and Michel got to the got to the gathering, Michel ordered Pierre to strip naked and rubbed magic ointment all over his body. Whoa. And then he began to transform. Wow. Into a big, beautiful gay man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was at first horrified at my four wolves' feet and the fur with which I was covered all at once. Nice. But I found that I could now travel with the speed of the wind. Why would you want to give that up? I mean, yeah. So, Michel had also transformed, and the two of them quickly got to work. They killed a woman in her garden while she was gathering peas. They then killed a man who came to save the woman who was in the garden gathering her peas. That sucks. Yeah. That's why, just don't get involved, people. Or fucking be a vegan werewolf. Yeah. (laughs) Gather your own peas. Gather your own peas. (laughs) The thing I find hard to believe at this point in the story is like, well, quite a lot of it, but um, like just the, this must have happened during the day, right? Or was this woman out in the dark gathering peas from her garden, maybe? Well, I mean, if everyone was like dancing with candles, I would assume it's at night. Exactly. And like all badass stuff happens at night. So maybe this lady was just out collecting peas in the dark i don't know yeah because she wanted to add them to her dinner probably maybe maybe anyway he claimed that on other occasions to have killed multiple children of varying ages Mm -hmm. sometimes eating them sometimes just feasting on their blood he also killed a goat once he ripped his throat out with his mouth whoa yeah and when it was time to change back quote when we had been one or two hours in this condition of metamorphosis Michel smeared us again. And the person, rightfully so, put in brackets with his paws. (laughs) And quick as thought, we resumed our human forms. That's so fucking metal. It is, yeah. But again, the person who wrote this originally was like, you know, how did this wolf uh, reapply the ointment? Like, you know what I mean? To turn them back into fucking humans. With their paws, duh. Where did he keep it? Wolves don't have pockets. If they do, uh, if they're wearing a satchel, maybe what wolves can't they wear, wear French, satchels? French and trendy. Yeah. So anyway, all three of the men were burned at the stake, like countless others. And just like that, the fun was over. Just like that, the fun was over. But just remember the the salve that they use, like the ointment that they use. That, what did they call it? In. The magic salve. Oh, I guess it was just me in my head. Magic ointment. Oh, well, magic I, that was my words for it. Oh, okay. I just don't really like the word salve. So between 1562 and 1598, a huge war started in France because, in a nutshell, the Catholics and Protestants were just being cunts. Yeah. Pretty sure Henry VIII gave an order which basically outlawed Protestants and, you know, the whole thing ensued. And this became known as the Wars of Religion even though it's basically the same religion. Why am I talking about this? 
what does war leave behind? Dead, bodies. Dead people. Yes. Lots and lots of bodies. Who eats bodies? Werewolves. Regular wolves. Lots and lots of bodies means lots and lots of regular wolves. And I guess this is just going to be the French episode. In Angers. Angers? Yeah. Angers. I like it. In Angers. Yeah. Okay. In Angers, in Western France, in 1598, it's a whole 80 years later almost, a group of hunters and or lay people came across two wolves eating the fresh cadaver of a 15-year-old boy just in the middle of the path. The wolves ran off and the hunters chased them into the forest. Mm -hmm. They came out on the other side of some thick undergrowth only to find a tall, gaunt man. Whoa. With his clothing in tatters, his hands drenched in blood, and with shreds of human flesh under his fingernails. Whoa. The group stood there in shock, just at the sight of this man, like he looked insane. And eventually they seized him, dragged him to the local town, where they brought it, where he was brought before the, the local magistrate. Mm-hmm. This man was a travelling beggar by the name of Jacques Roulet. While Jacques was undergoing his quote-unquote questioning, probably pulling his fucking fingernails out, mm-hmm. he claimed that he had been a werewolf ever since using a salve his parents had given him years before. Now, like we just... Obviously, I wrote these very far apart because I was like, now, if we remember the story from Polygny. <laughs> <laughs> but in that last story, that's how... Um, the salve. Yeah, the salve transformed them. So it turns out that this... Use of fucking the salve, magic lotion or potion. <laughs> magic lotion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put the magic lotion on. It turns out this was a very common transformation technique used by accused werewolves at the time. Okay. So, like I mentioned earlier, with the advent of film, some things such as silver bullets were introduced. Mm-hmm. This evil potion was the in thing for werewolves at the time. Like a associated thing. Yeah, it was just like, as word got out of like, you know, oh, this guy's a werewolf, that guy, you know, this is what they do and they're fucking they black masses and yeah, yeah, yeah. magic lotion. <laughs> <laughs> you should say that. That's funny. Magic lotion. So Jacques went on to say that the two wolves who were actually eating the young boy's body when the group of hunters showed up were his brother and cousin, Jean and Julien. So I don't understand. How come they, if he wasn't there eating the boy, how did he get caught? Because he had fucking human flesh under his fingernails and he was Where'd covered the in blood. They were wolves. They ran off. Oh. They were still in wolf form. Okay. Jacques was not. All right. He told the court that the three of them would travel from town to town, killing and eating children. While on trial, Jacques gave precise dates and times for these crimes, which they did correlate with records of missing children and those supposed to have been killed by actual wolves. Whoa. But we don't know how much coercion was involved here. Oh. Like, let's put this in very modern perspective. That uh, making a murderer, what was it? The Brendan Dassey was the kid, right? The cops, I don't know if you watched that special on Netflix. It was like no. a few years ago. It's good. Anyway. The cops literally put words in this kid's mouth. Okay. The kid was a little bit slow and kind of just, you know, he thought he was in trouble and the cops just used it all to their advantage. And it happens every fucking day. Okay. Right. Cops can be pricks. Yeah. Like we all know. But this technique has been around forever. Mm. But back then, in werewolf times, who was going to question the authorities? You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially in werewolf times. Especially in werewolf times. This is the werewolf epidemic of France. So he was eventually charged with werewolfism, cannibalism, and murder. Though his accused parents, because remember he blamed them initially, were found to be of good character and released. He received the death penalty, naturally. However, Jacques appealed against his conviction to the Parliament of Paris, protesting that his confession had been given under duress and the parliament decided that he was insane at the time of his confession. Oh. 
Yeah, and in a very forward-thinking move, especially for the times, they instead sentenced him to two years in a mental institution. Yeah. Interesting. So they, I guess, what commuted his sentence, isn't that what they say? Hmm. So going forth, one theory is that the salve that they were using, this magic lotion. Oh, it made you trip balls. Trip fucking balls. They think that it was actually made using like powerful hallucinogens containing belladonna or nightshade, which are natural plants found which cause hallucinations. Uh Or, and this goes back to the Salem witch trials, that he was actually eating ergot, ergot infested bread. So ergot fungus, which can be found in cereal crops, such as wheat and barley and shit, contains chemicals similar to lysergic acid diethylamide. LSD. LSD, baby. I'm smart. You are smart. (laughs) So what I'm going to do here is, because we are running out of time, I'm going to start the next story and leave it on a bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah. Okay? So five years after Jacques Rollet, by springtime of 1603, in the Roche Chalet area, the wolf problem, like the regular everyday wolf problem, was still a terrible part of everyday life for just people in general. For example, this one case of one rabid wolf, right, in a Lorget Forest in France in April 25th, 1851, right? Now, this is a good deal later. But this is still showing how bad the problem was. In seven hours, a rabid wolf traveled 45 kilometers through nine villages, biting 41 people, 10 adult men, 12 adult women and 19 children and 96 animals, 64 cattle, 14 horses, eight sheep, six pigs, three goats and one dog. The deaths of 14 of the people from rabies was confirmed in records during the two months that followed. Although it's assumed that most of the 41 people who had been bitten would have eventually died, but these were the only ones actually recorded. Okay, so this is based on written accounts from the mayor of Plaisley, a local hospital, police reports, and a government letter from the time. Okay, so I know that sounds like a lot, but that's just one wolf. Wait, 41 people and 75 animals? No, 41 people, 96 animals. Oh, and it, why the fuck did I get 75? I don't know. But it just goes to show, like... That's one wolf. And that was in 1850. That's basically yesterday compared to these stories. You know what I mean? When they were supposed to have this problem already under control. Yeah, but this area had a wolf problem. No, the whole of France had a wolf That's problem. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the whole of France had a wolf problem. So you're saying the whole of France had a wolf problem. And, and this, this extensive damage only happened with one wolf. In one seven-hour period. That's insanity. So that goes to show... How is serious this <laughs> fucking wolf problem yeah, was. <laughs> you know? Holy shit. So I just... I read people that... people were living in, like, fucking straw houses nowadays. <laughs> like, a fucking wolf can bust in there Kool-Aid man style and be like, I'm gonna bite all of you. I mean, yeah. That's wild. Like, look at the three little pigs. They were fucked. But that did happen. Like, literally, there's stories of babies being stolen from their cribs. By these wolves. By the wolves, yeah. Wow. Small, like, toddlers being taken from the doorstep. I think we're about to cover that now. And, like, grown-ass men just being taken off into the woods. That's so fucking scary. Yeah, so this werewolf fear is very legitimate. Like, Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Anyway. Back to Roche Chalet in 1603. Lovely springtime afternoon. Does that mean um, red cup in um, English? No. Oh. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) I was just taking a stab at it. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what it means, but I know it doesn't mean that. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh, no. (laughs) Anyway, this is a fairly small village. Just 100 households are thereabouts. And there was a new face in these there parts. Okay? So this new guy came in, Mm -hmm. Jean Grenier. 
He was 13 years old, almost 14, although it is said that he looked so, that he was so malnourished that he actually looked closer to 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. He had recently left the care of his father to take up his new career as a beggar. You know, that's sad. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a very sad story. His father had found him eating bacon and cabbage soup one day. He had also fed his younger brother. He had gone begging around his local town and got this food from, like, neighbors who just felt bad. Okay. But his father found him and beat him so bad that Jean decided, this is enough. I'm getting the fuck out of here. So he beat him for eating food? Yeah. So it was Lent. And... This was a big sin for the those pesky Catholics. What the fuck? Yeah, man? at least it's like it was taken very seriously back in those days. Obviously, I don't think they were allowed to eat meat. I don't fuck it. I don't know the rules, honestly. Either way, the bacon was the the thing that really pissed them off. Mm-hmm. But then this gives like uh makes the story questionable because they're like, Well, you know, the place was so holy back then that who would actually give him bacon to begin with? Who gives a shit? I don't know. The kid ran away from home because he thought his dad was... Because his dad was mistreating him. So, anyway. Jean made his way to Roche Chalet. Uh-huh. And got to work as a cowherd. Cowherds were essential at the time because of all these fucking wolf attacks. Yeah. So, he was out in the fields herding cow when he spies three young local girls who were also herding cow. So, apologies again. Jean... Gaborio, let's just go with Jane. Jane, who was 18, Marguerite, who was 13, and someone else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the last person was anonymous in all the... <laughs> Gertrude. Yeah, probably. Either way, she's not fucking important. She has no personality, apparently. Sorry, Gertrude. Yeah. By now they knew who Jean was because uh, like, he had been around for the last couple of weeks or whatever. And he approaches them and interrupts their conversation, which had been about the recent wolf attacks. You see, Marguerite had actually been attacked herself recently. Mm. Yeah, but she had managed to hit the wolf a smack of her walking stick. Nice. Yeah. Because remember, she's only 13. Like, And when she did, the wolf retreated 10 or 12 feet and just sat on his hind legs like a dog, glaring at her. Mm. Right? How fucking scary and how unnatural for something to do that. Very. But it is said that uh, he didn't actually bite her. He clawed at her face and like really fucked her up. Like she still Ooh. had like uh, her wounds were still healing at this point. Oh, That's how recent it was. And he had like torn her dress and all this stuff. Yeah. Marguerite had described this wolf as, quote, both fatter and shorter than an ordinary wolf with a smaller head reddish fur and a short tail she made it out with some gnarly wounds like i was saying but nothing life-threatening and it was actually said that her cows i guess because there was more of them and they saw this thing they scared the the wolf the wolf away yeah don't know how true that is but i like to think you know big tough cow gang (laughs) so jean walked up anyway and he says which one of you is the most beautiful because I want to marry her. So if it is you, I want to marry you. Yeah. Random. Random. But in response, the girls, I'm assuming, just laughed. He's and tripping on magic lotion. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the girls just kept the conversation going. Like their original conversation. And Jean just kind of joins in. But like he's 13 year old kid. He's trying to like impress these girls okay. you know, they're older than him well marguerite isn't but you know the other girls are older being a creepo is not gonna work yeah so he's still trying to impress them and he starts claiming that his dad is actually a priest uh-huh right because that's how you get into girls drawers i guess back in the day what what did they wear back then would have been like Psta. yeah <laughs> get out of here kid get get go on get but i would say he he said something along the lines of like i'm actually a priest's bastard i think that meant like my dad has money Mm. okay so this was apparently something kids used to say to impress ladies back then remember he is a little homeless kid so 
This is a quote from a thesis, the one submitted to Cardiff University. Jean sensed that the girls weren't picking up on his bullshit. So he just kept making bigger, bolder claims. And when Jane remarked that he was shallow and dirty, he replied, Ah, that is because of the wolf's skin I wear. He added that a man named Pierre Laburat, Laburat had given him this pelt and that when he donned it, he coursed the woods and fields as a wolf. There were nine werewolves in his coven who went to the chase at the waning moon on Mondays, Fridays and Saturdays. Oh, they have a schedule. That's their cool. schedule, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he has to... You gotta clock in and He's out. gotta herd cows <laughs> during the week, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And who were wont to hunt during the twilight and just before dawn. He lusted for the flesh of small children, which were tender, plump, and rare. Gross. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just what everybody fucking says. You know? Oh, babies, they're the juiciest of skin, juiciest of flesh. Oh, do they, Adam? It is. is. That, that what is what say? cannibals say. <laughs> and werewolves alike. Anyway, he said this wolf skin, because naturally the girls are like, show us then. Yeah. He show said us it, your skin. Show us your, show us your skin. But anyway, he says it's actually kept by this Pierre Labourat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Labourat, whatever. I let my friend borrow Oh, maybe it. it's Labourat and I spelt wrong in the top one. Yeah. Pierre. Anyway. She was all like, oh, I can't show you. I let my friend borrow it. Yeah, yeah. She's Canadian. I, You know, I met her at summer camp. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> so anyway, this said, he said, that the wolf skin was kept by this Pierre dude whose, quote, big black house in the forest he described as an inferno in which men were being burnt and roasted. He promised one of the girls, presumably Jane, because she was the oldest, that she could go with him next time he went to go get it. You know, and I'll prove it to you, like, next time. How the fuck would you want to go and see that? Well, you know, they're, they're still thinking he's just some bullshit little kid. Yeah, yeah. Anyway... Jean also takes responsibility for the attack on Marguerite. What? Yeah. Later saying that if he had managed to knock her down, he would have bitten her rather than just clawing at her. What a little shit. Yeah. So it's unknown whether the girls actually took him seriously. But one way or the other, they decided that they had best go and tell someone everything that he had just told them. Yeah. And Jean was arrested and brought in for questioning on June the 2nd, 1603. And we know this because there's three written accounts of this. Mm-hmm. And each, it's kind of like a perfect triad of, one is ridiculously flamboyant, written by some Franciscan um, friar. Mm-hmm. And it's very novelesque. Then there's one who was like, this is ridiculous. There's no such thing as werewolves. He's writing it like this stupid kid. Yeah. He's fucking a fucking werewolf. Can't get himself what an in idiot. trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to impress these ladies. And then a third one, which was somewhere in the middle, I think was actually written by, um, I think it was written by the magistrate. Anyway, these guys at the University of Cardiff mm-hmm. combined all three and tried to pick the most factual of all of it. Yeah, way through the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, thank you. Whoever you are that wrote it, thank you. <laughs> So anyway, June 2nd, 1603, he told prosecutors that he had spent around six weeks rambling around La Rochelet and the surrounding villages and parishes and stuff like that before he was hired as a cowherd in this little village. He testified that he had seen an animal resembling a greyhound carrying a child in Chenaud and heard of another attack elsewhere. Later, It was revealed that his travels did indeed coincide with a lot of the attacks that were going on at the time. Mm -hmm. Like, he had gotten some bread. Like, he was a beggar, remember? He had gotten some bread from one of the houses in another town that I can't pronounce, near the fields where a young boy was attacked on the 17th of May. And the fact that he saw this greyhound-type animal carrying away the child in Chenaud, Mm -hmm. they were like, oh, well, that's convenient, you know? Yeah. This other little boy who was attacked on the 17th of May, his father and uncle were pruning vines nearby, 
And the father stated later in court that the wolf had tried to take the fattest of his three children, <laughs> but was yeah, <laughs> but was scared off by the uncle. The judge, co- <laughs> the judge confirmed that this was indeed the fattest of his three children, <laughs> and that's on record. That poor the poor kid. kid, yeah. So uh, anyway, Jean had also stayed for about two weeks near the village of La Reinerie, possibly as a cow herd again. And at in this village at that time, a three-year-old girl called Goyane, or Goyan had been eaten nearly whole Damn. on the 28th of March. And I'm pretty sure that was the little girl who was taken from her doorstep. Whoa. Yeah. Like the poor mother, I think, as far as I can remember, the mother was in the house and saw the this wolf just whisk her daughter away. That's awful. Yeah. But like, if the wolf problem is as serious as you're saying, it's like shooting a dart on a wall full of balloons. Like you're going to hit one, you know? So if you say like, oh, yeah, I was in this area and I took a kid, they're like, oh, yeah, there was... A kid that was taken in this area because kids are easy targets. That and is true. That is true. And you know what I mean? And there was a buttload of wolves. Yeah. And this is where I am going to get into it briefly. I'm going to start next week with the other half of this story. But I will just say real quick. Although I'm sure Jean wasn't treated as gently as he should have been by the authorities. Mm-hmm. His confession... Unlike some of the others, which are made out of pure physical duress, Mm -hmm. actually seem to come from his emotional suffering. Mm. Okay. And again, these reports were made 500 years ago. Yeah. When people weren't exactly as polite or gentle as we would, you know, be today. And the language they used was pretty plain. They said, this kid is stupid. He's not all there. He's a dull boy. Like... So he was malnourished. He hadn't gone to school or anything. You know what I mean? And he was a little bit slow, which means he was easily coerced. Okay. And we know that he was coerced into telling every detail because just for one example, he would hear all of the witness statements presented in court before he himself would then be asked to give his version of events Mm. in front of a live audience. Mm -hmm. He would be asked to reenact Mm-hmm. everything that had gone on that day mm-hmm. so just think about all of this attention mm-hmm. now being given to this Aww. poor little boy who had you know left home with nothing yeah eventually he implicated his dad saying that his dad was also a werewolf now he didn't he never blamed his dad for him becoming a werewolf he still kept with this uh, Pierre in the big black house mm-hmm. who we later called like Le Monsieur de la Forest right which yeah. sounds fucking cool yeah but um, his dad he kind of kept his dad on this pedestal mm. okay and even when he implicated him saying that he was also a werewolf he said he used to help grease Jean up to get into his wolf skin you know like quite an intimate mm-hmm. you know like helping his son get dressed mm-hmm. type of affair and then they would go and hunt together that is so fucking sad yeah but now his dad didn't want to go hunting with him anymore because he went and, vegan yeah because he went vegan but like the symbol of the wolf to Jean was just so much more than an expression of anger at his father or anything like that he literally dreamed of being in a pack or coven or, or just what, belonging somewhere belonging and Jean said he stated that he only started, quote, running, as he used to call it, Mm -hmm. turning into a werewolf within the last three months of being arrested. What else happened then was his father had just remarried a stepmother. Mm. Not long before, you know, he got kicked out of the house and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I, I, I was trying to get all of this squeezed in because there is more to Jean's story. I haven't got time to tell her right now. Um, but next week, guys, I'll pick it up right where we left off. And I'm going to make next week probably a little bit longer because I don't want this to be a three-parter. But it's just a really fucking sad case. And yeah. I hate leaving off on such a sad tale. Yeah. Um, oh, I see what you did there, Pun. Uh, uh. 
Oh, yeah, that was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm trying to cover all of my bases here. We're going to, this is just what has happened in France. We're going to be going back in time a little bit to like the mid 1540s, something like that. Mm hmm. And then we're going to come all the way up to almost modern times. Actually, very modern times mm -hmm. with the very last one. So um, I hope you guys are enjoying this. To be honest, when I, I've looked at like doing this a million times, I was like, oh, there's probably not enough information out there for fucking werewolves. Like, Oh, there's a buttload. No, there's a buttload. But like what, for me, what is like factual stuff that I can put down here? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the, the cryptids that I did last week. Mm-hmm. You know, there was enough for like nice, nice little stories and it's interesting. But this is like my mind has fallen out. Yeah. Like there is so much. Stuff. Oh, is that what's that, what, what that thing is on the floor? That's that mess on the floor over there. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep growling every now and then. But uh, no, so I wanted to try and bring everybody as much information and as many different variants of cases as we can, because there's a huge amount of. People who genuinely believe that they were werewolves, like transforming into different beings, whether it was emotionally, physically or whatever. People who are just using it as an excuse because they were genuine serial killers. But hey, this is a good excuse to get on fucking go to the mental hospital instead of being burned at the fucking stake. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't know which sounds worse to me. Anyway, I hope I can do that bring you all of the knowledge and uh i look forward to seeing you guys next week <laughs> very good very good all right i just wanted i just wanted to to add real quick i wonder if there's any wear lobsters and you can find us on youtube <laughs> <laughs> no but on a serious note did you know lobsters can pee through their like out of their foreheads like that's how they pee i didn't know that yeah i did learn that lobsters can hold hands and walk together hand yeah. in hand which is really sweet um i wanted you mentioned cryptids have you read about the fresno nightcrawler yeah okay Did, have you just for shits and giggles have you read the explanations on cryptid wiki for the fresno nightcrawler no you want to hear them yeah they're pretty funny okay you know who the fresno nightcrawler is right yeah like which one it is it's the the little pajama pants yeah 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 Look at these explanations. An alien, a new species, possibly a primate with short arms. Okay. A misidentified deer standing upright. The, these are the dumbest fucking things I've ever heard. Pants. Pants. And or a puppet on a wire. A bird walking like a crane. So a, a crane. Okay, yeah, a bird. <laughs> <laughs> a, okay, and this is the last one. A person wearing big pants and walking on stilts. That <laughs> I don't know what the Fresno Nightcrawlers actually are, but they look none cool. None of those things. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, they're funky yeah, little things. Like, um, the pajama pants. <laughs> read us a tarot card before we go. Oh sure. Oh, people like that. Yeah. Oh, they do. Someone did. Oh, good. <laughs> so today's tarot card of the day is justice. Today's message, be extra careful with the little details today. Mistakes and bad choices could come back to haunt you. At the same time, the good work you put in will pay off. Right on. I hope those mistakes aren't anything to do with how I'm about to edit this and the 800 calls I took in work today because I guarantee you there was a lot of little mistakes in that. It coincides with, with my day specifically because I just got my performance evaluation today. Oh, yeah. And it was glowing. You killed it. I fucking killed it. Okay, guys. I actually have to go because I'm going to be late for work. Okay. But follow us on Instagram, YouTube. Follow our private fucking thing. We haven't posted in a while, but we will be posting soon. Dulce is going to start the makeup channel soon. <laughs> so... Make sure to keep an eye out for that because that's going to be bitching. It's like a vlog channel. Vlog, makeup-y stuff. Whatever. Anyway, um, I think that's it. Thank you to all our Patreons and all our listeners. We love you all dearly. And let us know what you thought of this episode for next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.
And I'm gonna put in sound here, like, and like thunder and shit. Just wait and see, right? Uh, Okay, well, you wait, because I'm okay. Okay.